My name's Jason Mountford, and this is the UK Money Podcast. I'm a financial planner, and on this show, I help you learn how to earn more, invest smarter, and live the life you want to live. Every week, I bring you tips and information on investing and personal finance. I decipher the latest finance and money news into plain English, and I also interview fantastic guests. Many of these guests are from the world of personal finance, but I also talk to experts on careers, entrepreneurship, personal branding, marketing, and more. My aim for this show is to help you learn how to manage your money better, but also to help you gain clarity and direction as to what you're earning that money for. What are you trying to achieve and what does your ideal life look like? Hi guys, my name is Jason Mountford and this is episode 21 of the UK Money Podcast. Now, I've been saying for a while that I had some fantastic guests lined up for the show and I'm really pumped today to bring you the very first of these guests. So my guest today is personal finance blogger, podcaster and YouTuber Andy Webb. Andy's website, Be Clever With Your Cash, has won Best Personal Finance Blog at the Showmo Awards for the last five years running. Be probably a good idea for you to give someone else a go, Andy. Um, <laughs> and this year, he's also been nominated as Online Financial Influencer of the Year in the British Bank Awards. So as well as the success on his own platforms, Andy makes regular appearances in the media, including Channel 5, Shop Smart, Save Money, and Rip Off Britain on BBC One. He also writes a monthly finance column for Reader's Digest magazine and has appeared in The Guardian and The Financial Times, among many, many others. Needless to say, huge boon to have Andy on the podcast today, and I really appreciate you being with me. Mate, it's, it's lovely to, to join you, Jason. It's always good to try and uh, I think build this community we've got here of, you know, of, of UK uh, finance podcasters. There's you know, more and more of us now, and I think it's great rather than sort of individually sort of treat them as like well this show or that show I actually think what can we all do what can we how can we help all our listeners combine so it's yeah it's lovely to, to come and join you and it's uh, to be your first guest as well that's a that's a huge honor so thank you so much no problems I think you're exactly right I think that's why I was so keen to get guests on and you in particular is because I think we've all got strength and strengths and weaknesses we've all got stuff we we know more about and know less about so the more we can band together the better the better financial outcomes for everybody so, uh, you know, a lot of my listeners are probably already familiar with what you do. You've been doing it for, for quite some time. Um, but it'd be great if you could just start by, for those, those of my listeners that maybe haven't come across you before, telling us a bit about what you do with Be Clever With Your Cash and Cash Chats and all your work. Yeah, is it, when you did that intro, it was kind of, a, I have got a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wear a lot of things I do now. Um, yeah, interesting. So, I mean, I kind of, I'm a, I'm a journalist. Uh, that That's what I do. And I write about money. But I think unlike a lot of um, money journalists out there. I really love this. I kind of turns of not like I love money. I love money saving. I love money management. I love all those tricks and hacks and things to kind of get you that better value for money. And I was enjoying that and doing that without even realizing it as a bit of a hobby <laughs> before I even started doing this stuff. So I'm, I think that's kind of what I do. I write about what I do. You know, if, if there's a review, it's because I've actually tried it out. Um, if there's uh, a little hack or a trick that I found, it's because I've actually used it myself to kind of get that best deal or get the best value for money. So that's kind of what I, I'm doing across all those different channels, I suppose. I don't really think of myself as an influencer. I don't, I'm not always a huge fan of that as, as a term, but uh, it's, it's the kind of stuff that if you, the stuff we all do, so bank accounts, savings accounts, uh, credit cards, uh, your bills, your saving money on cinema tickets or on your streaming service, all the kind of stuff that we do at some point during the, the week where we spend money. 
that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm covering on on all those things. Awesome, awesome. So you mentioned there that you just sort of started to get really interested in this sort of thing when you're working as a journalist. Was it um, a personal finance kind of money kind of um, work that you're doing as a journalist or was this completely left field from the stuff you were doing professionally beforehand? Yeah, I mean, it's, this is kind of like I say, I didn't realise that it was uh, it could be my career and it is my full-time career now. I, I run all this stuff, just all my own channels is the bulk of what I do and that brings in the income. Um, but I was, I was just doing the stuff, you know, I was switching my uh, energy bills. I was telling friends about the best interest rate on savings. Or I was doing that kind of stuff just in, anyway. The stuff I was working on, I was at the BBC for 11 years, were things like, you know, the culture show and, and match of the day and, yeah, okay. and all these kind of random things as a, as a sort of production side. So, yeah, it, it's more kind of like my hobby became uh, joined in with, with, with my job. Um, and yeah, and I love it. I really love it. Brilliant. So the blog's obviously come a long way since you since you started it. How how did it start? Was it just a case of of like you say, seeing a good deal, putting up a blog post, and and seeing how it went, or was it? Did you kind of have a plan when you started it of what you wanted to eventually get to? Or yeah, it's interesting because, uh, like I said, it, this was kind of it's been eight years now, almost exactly since I um I left my job at the BBC. I had a great time there doing different things, but I realised it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, as I'm sure lots of people have that kind of moment, particularly over the last sort of 18 months as well. I think it's probably been really accelerated. wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, and I took voluntary redundancy, which was fantastic. So I got a nice bit of cash behind me to try and travel a little bit. If we can remember when we did that and how amazing <laughs> those kind of things were. It must be hard for you as well, not being able to, to get home and stuff. But um, it's had that time and I thought, what do I want to do? And I actually went to Money Saving Experts, Martin Lewis's website on an internship for just three months, kind of really low paid. And I was obviously, you know, 10 years older than most of the other interns that were, that were coming along. But it made me realise that I could actually make, say, this hobby join up with the other stuff. It was, I don't know why, it just didn't feel like something that could exist. So I started up the, the blog mainly as a kind of, um, I thought it was going to be a showreel, so to speak, a, a portfolio for people for get paid work or maybe coaching work. And it just took off from there. And uh, we're now, uh, I've just had like 9 millionth uh, view, wow. all-time view wow. was just a kind of few weeks ago. And this year's on for the, the biggest year yet. So we should hopefully maybe hit two and a half million views in the in the year, which is- Awesome. Yeah, it's mind-blowing considering actually the people coming, they're all saving some money in some way. So in terms of how much money over the years that it's hopefully helped people out, I can't even begin to fathom. No. I think um, I think you're a really interesting guest because, from my perspective as a financial planner, obviously you know I look at investments and you know tax structures and all that kind of stuff around managing money better. But one of um, my motivations for starting this podcast was about more the objective size, that objectives side, because often clients come to me and say, you know, I want to get a better return, I want to be more tax efficient, but but why? You know, do you need more money? Maybe you do, but why do you need more money? What do you want your life to look like? And I think you're really interesting because you're obviously a great guest from from the side of you know saving money, finding those deals. But actually, you're kind of doing what I want all everyone I speak to um, to do. In that you've found what you really enjoy, and you've created your career and your your life and your source of income off the back of that. So I think I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and I do feel really lucky. Not everyone's able to to happen across this. You know, it's taken a lot of work to to get here. But mm. it wasn't like I knew from the age of uh, five. I wanted to be a, a money blogger or podcast. You'd probably be quite an odd five-year-old if you had uh, yeah. had thought that. Although, do you know what? Now, I mean, now kids, one of the top things they want to do, it's not they want to be a footballer or a pop star. They want to be a YouTuber. It's true. It's you true. Know, so, 
so those things will obviously develop and change and i saw was to a lot more people doing this kind of thing and maybe being able to you know follow that dream although equally there will be a huge number of people who try and, and aren't able to to come through because it's you know not everyone can do it and particularly the more people who get involved the harder that is mm. but just going back to what you were saying there about that uh the, the, the sort kind of things that you're talking about and the kind of things that I'm talking about. And I think it's a really interesting thing here because some people see them as completely separate. They're kind of, oh, they might think that the, the planning and the investing and even just considering their pension is, is too much. It's out of their control. They can't do anything about it, which we know isn't true. Mm. They absolutely can do that. And all they need to do is educate themselves a little bit more and take the steps to do it. Um, from the experts you know it's why I don't t- recommend different platforms investing platforms to people because that's not my you know 100% expertise you know I'm better stronger on the other stuff so I focus on the things where I absolutely do know things you know back to front but likewise I think sometimes you do get people who are so 100% focused on their how much money they can put into their in- investments for example or where they can you know get the highest return that they forget there are a huge number of really simple things that you can do, which take very, very little effort, that are very, very, very simple to do. But they do bring back either actual money, because you're not spending it because you're saving cash, or they maybe get you a little bit more for your money. So almost you're you're getting a, a pay rise without actually going to your boss and getting that cash coming through. And that in turn can either be used for the here and now and those little treats, or maybe it can help fuel some of that you know, longer term planning so i think it's, it's really interesting that these things are uh, if we can it's like build it on this big 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 picture like you can do everything some things are going to be better than others and more rewarding than others and you've got to play in that kind of sense of time like how much time you actually do want to dedicate to finding the best deal on a new kettle you know yeah. uh, 20 minutes maybe is pretty good you know, if you're going to spend three hours doing it, well, maybe actually you should be researching on exactly what is going to happen to uh, your pension or whatever it might be. But I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really nice thing that you can bring all this stuff together. Yeah, I think we'll definitely get into the weeds a little bit on those those kind of nitty gritty that you, you tend to pick out. But uh, 100%, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's normally people focusing on returns. And returns, don't get me wrong, incredibly important. One of the main things that's going to impact your financial future. But if you're just seeking the highest possible return whilst ignoring everything else, the tax position, the ways you could save money, like you said, you know, you're not you're not putting yourself in the position to be to be successful. You need to be looking at all of it. You you mentioned um, just before about kids wanting to be YouTubers and how that's kind of changing. Um, and I think that. That kind of flows on really well to my next question, which was that, you know, for me, I'm fairly new to this world of content creation of not being doing the podcast or YouTube or anything for that long. And you mentioned just before you've been doing it for eight years. You know, for me, I'm feeling like um, I'm seeing a lot of um, increase in the amount of desire for knowledge around personal finance. There seems to be a much greater appetite for people to, you know, invest better, be better with money, save more money. Do you think that's just something that I'm just noticing because I'm new to this world or is that something that you've seen over the last eight years as well? I would say what, what's really happened over the last, and it is the last 18 months, I think it's, it's absolutely got to coincide with the start of lockdown. There might have been some seeds of that beforehand, people starting to do things, but particularly amongst, uh, I think, younger people, uh, people in their kind of 20s, that appetite for investing is so much larger than it's ever been before. Now, I don't know what proportion, you know, it's difficult to say, you know, oh yes, 20% of them are doing this. It could just be 5%. But if that is double what it was before or whatever, there is a huge, 
huge increase. Now that has its risks. You know, there are people going, uh, I'm sure you, you would definitely would have seen a lot of the kind of dodgy TikTok yeah. influencers. And you see them on every platform, but TikTok's particularly bad where they're sort of, you know, day trading and sort of saying, buy this, do that, sell that. All these things which actually, if people do just follow it as a way to kind of essentially get rich quick, which is I think where a lot of the younger people are thinking, that immediacy of money rather than the longer term, it can be quite uh, worrying. But on the other hand, if if I, you know, 20 years ago had the understanding that a lot of people I know in that kind of uh, YouTuber and Instagram world, the knowledge that they have just about the, the basics of just starting out with investing or even just, you know, properly understanding your, your pension and trying to put, you know, match, get the, the much as you can match from your employer and on the tax relief, then they are going to be in a fantastic position when they do get to retirement whenever that is obviously because it will be yeah, so yeah. much later definitely but it, it's exciting i think that this is going on again i don't know quite it's definitely more than before but i don't know if it's kind of everyone i think there's still gonna be a huge number of people to to reach on this stuff yeah i think i mean you make a really good point there that as much as there is more awareness of it i guess it's it's for people like us to try and drive that awareness to the right information right and i think you know one of the, the tough things we have is that for me as a financial planner it's quite nerve-wracking doing content because you know you've always got my I've always got my compliance person from work I'm thinking if, if they listen to this what would they think and I've always obviously as a regulated financial planner I've got the uh, you know I'm very careful around how I word it so I'm not really worried about it but the the financial conduct authority could always come knocking on my door and say why did you say that and I think that's that's the difficult situation we're in uh, you can have someone on TikTok saying you need to buy this stock today and there's no you know or even worse you need to invest in this forex strategy or this cryptocurrency yeah. and there's no protection so you know, I'm, I think uh, I think it's great what you're doing, and I, I'm really keen to get more people with the right mindset and the right training and education on it out there, putting out content, so we can try and, you know, drown out all that shit that we see on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do I do have a kind of slight worry in, in some ways that the shorter and shorter content gets, mm. the more surface level it becomes, and I definitely get this sometimes. I'm I'm much more about the the long form writing on the on the website the you know the bit more detail on on the cash chats podcast and, and sometimes it's you know 15 20 minute videos on a single thing on on the youtube channel but if i do ever put something on instagram i'll try and just say look but you need more information to go over here to go you know read the description but even then go over here to get all the details yeah. you need but you'll see comments you'll get questions from people who have obviously just seen the the one word essentially the the, the four or five words that are on the picture or maybe they read the top of the thing and they take that's what they do, you know, and it, and it's almost uh, that in itself can be quite dangerous, that kind of short form side of things. It has benefits, obviously, you know, more people be aware of things, but that surface level knowledge can also be a bit, bit dangerous. So interesting to see how that one pans out. Mm. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> Am I on TikTok? So yes, I do have an account there, which uh, I started sharing for a while. I was doing little deals of the week videos, little 30 second reels yeah. on Instagram. Uh, stopped them for the last with a few weeks over the summer i'm sure i'll bring them back and i just put them onto tiktok as well just to see what would happen i but, i don't know about you i find it harder to do that shorter content and make it engaging and actually get a message across i mean it's just it's a completely different skill set than a, a you know having half an hour to spout all your knowledge in one go on a podcast isn't it oh i mean yeah if you want to do it right and there are some people who do things really really well on there 
it takes time and effort. You know, I would imagine, yeah, you put a good hour in to make a 60-second thing. It would not be unreasonable. So I think the people who are broadly on there, I think that's their primary channel, mm. and that's the difference. Uh, you know, you were saying that, you know, you're doing the podcast just just in the last sort of year and stuff. This is this is new, and the it takes time before you move on to the next thing. You know, I started the website eight years ago. Then I started doing the podcast four and a half years ago, and I only really started doing YouTube in earnest two years ago, mm-hmm. because you get to a kind of a rhythm and you know how things are going to work and you feel much more comfortable in it, rather than spreading yourself too thin and doing everything. Well, maybe you'll hit gold on one of them, but I think actually it's, you have a focus on one thing, get that going well, and then build the others. I and mean, that's that's true for anything, not just personal finance content. Yeah, definitely. So um, the tagline on your blog is know your money, live your life. And I think for me, that really resonates, like I was saying before, in that, you know, money, in, an, in my opinion, anyway, in and of itself really doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's pointless if it's just a big bunch of paper sitting in your garage. But the point is that it allows us the freedom to be able to do things we want to do, spend the time with the people we want to spend the time with. So can you explain a little bit more about what your message is there and why you kind of pick that as that when you go on your blog, that's the very first thing you see. What, what does that kind of mean to you? Yeah, so I'm a big supporter of anyone who sort of, you know, wants to sort of understand their money uh, and whatever their kind of end goal is. But personally, I think that the ultra frugal kind of uh, advocates, that's not that's not something for me. I feel you need some kind of reward. Yeah, it can be a small reward. And yeah, and you can change what that reward is. If your previous kind of vice was, uh, I don't know, always buying really really expensive trainers you know and that's the kick you got out of them excuse the pun was to get these but you know well find something that's a lot cheaper yeah you know when i was younger i always used to uh buy vhs's and then moved on to dvds and then i realized they just sat there on a shelf i enjoy collecting them but it was one of the most ridiculous ways to spend my money because it was 10 quid you know on a regular basis and it just sat there and eventually it became obsolete you know there was no purpose to keeping them so i stopped completely um and you just got to find something else which you can still if you've got that kind of desire to spend money that it's much more manageable and still gives you that bit of a thrill but actually it's not going to be wasting cash so you're you're still living your life but maybe it's bringing it down um but the other end of, of, of scheme of things i think it's still very vital that you if you are someone who's a spender much more than a saver that you kind of weigh up exactly what that impact that does have on your broader finances and what else that can bring you. So I'm very much an advocate of thinking about what are your longer term or even shorter term goals? What would you like to spend your money on in an ideal world? And then maybe using that as that kind of juxtaposition. So, okay, yeah, this I could buy this right now for 250 quid. It's like 100 pounds off. Isn't that amazing? So when would I get that again? But actually, maybe I'd rather spend 250 quid on this other thing, which is much, much more important to me. So your life is really important, whether it's a short-term collection or a longer-term thing like a holiday or a new car or whatever. Um, You've got to have those things. But if you know your money, you're going to prioritise and get the best value out of all of those purchases in in a sort of a broader term. I love that. I love that. I think for me, that's that's why I think budgets are so great. And I've heard you say this before, that, you know, the idea of doing a budget is it's so icky like if you say that to someone i think oh shit jason's gonna make me do a budget i can't be asked for that but for me it's actually it's really exciting because it allows you to write everything down see highlight what are the really important things for you to do if it's trainers that's fine but if you got if you don't have enough money in the budget for trainers then just 
you need to look at everything else and say, well, what do I value less than my trainers? So I think it's um, it's just a way to really clarify what is actually important to you, what do you actually want your money to sp- be spent on, and then just being conscious about that, really. I think that's that's freeing in a lot of ways. Do you have anything that you're kind of like, you pay more for it than you really think you should, but you get some added kind of value from it, whether that's just pleasure or, or, or something broader? So I tend to be... Um, I've gone through phases where I'm, I, I tend to not be very good with day-to-day spending. I, I'm e- I can easily swipe my card away and not really pay much attention. And then in a week, look at my statement and think, shit, what, what, have I spent, <laughs> what have I spent all that money on? So I tend to be someone who I try to hold off on my purchases, but when I buy something, I try and buy it quality. So, you know, I don't have um, I don't have like loads of clothes or anything like that. I don't have loads of tech gadgets, but I try and be conscious about the ones that I do spend because I buy. So for me, it's not necessarily about always looking for the cheapest or or best value thing, but it's about if I'm going to spend decent money on something, making sure that it's for the right reasons, you know, not buying a a fancy watch just because it shines and has a fancy brand name on it. But if there's something that will save me time or will last me a long time or something, then I'm kind of happy to splurge a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been following you on Twitter for a little while as well as, well as your other content. And, you know, for me, I'm quite a, a big picture person. So, you know, I will walk past um, the the signs that you see in, in the shop windows and stuff for deals and things, and I, it won't even register with me. <laughs> um, so, you know, for for you, on the other hand, like you like you already said, your specialty is that detail. And the reason I mentioned Twitter is because I often see you. You know, I can tell you've just been walking through, walking somewhere, and you've seen something. You've snapped a pic on your phone, had a bit of a read read on it, and and let everybody know. So, how do you notice that stuff? Is it kind of just like you know when you're looking for if in the market for a new car, you just start to see that car everywhere you look? Is it just one of those things that you've just become really attuned to? I think so. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before about being a bit of a sort of a money-saving geek. Uh, well before it became a, my my career, I was always looking for those ways to to make my money go further. And if that meant, you know, getting a discount over here, which saved me twenty quid, which meant that is an extra twenty quid to go to my fund for going travelling or whatever, it's always been there. And I am, yeah. There's a lot of these things that are just hardwired. I don't even realise I do them. One thing I picked up, uh, this is a bit more of an embarrassing one in some ways, but I, the kind of the, ex, the the extreme end of when you do kind of go into this kind of money-saving world. Uh, I used to, uh, every time I walked past a supermarket, over a little one or a big one, I used to pop in <laughs> just to check out the reduced section. Okay. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, you know, I used to actually get, I still do. I get excited. If I go in and there's a pack of chicken that's 75% off, you know, my local Waitrose, I'm going to be delighted and put it in the freezer and that's me sorted for later. But there obviously there are elements where that's, you know, we are talking small amounts of, of money and uh, it was maybe a bit much when I would kind of, I've never been, so I wouldn't ever follow the, you know, the, redu- the person with the reduced gun. I wouldn't follow them around. I would just have a look. And if there was nothing there for me, that's fine. It can but, um, be uh, it can be dog eat dog at those reduced sections. I oh. tell you what, sometimes I'm walking along and I think, what's what's all the commotion here? And then you see all the yellow stickings. Think, ah, okay, They're, and they yeah. must be cash chats listeners. <laughs> Maybe I mean I think there is. I mean it's not time for it for this conversation now. I think it's a lot of time the people who are doing that is because they need to. Yeah, as well. totally. It's not just the yeah, yeah. the bargain hunters. It's the people who kind of right they can 
their budget can stretch that little bit further for, for the, the week. Or there may be less so in Waitrose, maybe more likely in, in some of the other supermarkets. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a, it's a really good point. And I think um, I think that's where, where your content really shines. It's all well and good for me to be talking about pension annual allowances and you can only put 40 grand in your pension. But, you know, I think there's a place for that, obviously. But I think that's, again, going back to that point is we need to try and cater for, for everybody that needs advice around their money, don't we? Yeah, and everyone's on a different stage of their journey. And I think that's also the other thing to, to, to go with. Uh, you can't, if you're coming from, we, we get taught hardly anything in schools and that's still the, the case now. So you're coming out at 16 or 18 or maybe post-uni at 21 possibly. And all this stuff is is relatively new to you. You've got to get your head around some, some real basics, like exactly what a credit card is. Mm. Are they good? Are they bad? And there's no, you know, depending on you and how you use it, it, it could be either way. But you've got to build on these things and to suddenly sort of imagine that you're going to get everything right, whatever age you start. Because if you didn't start after school, you might have left it 10, 20 years. Just getting you on a budget and a plan is could be the most vital thing to do and then build up to the pensions allowance or whatever it might yeah. be. Or there might be some people where it's you go in on the bigger stuff, the big picture stuff, and then from there getting them thinking about what their life's going to be like in retirement. You can bring it back down to, well, how much do you need? How much actually are you spending on a, on a weekly or monthly basis? You know, well, if you want to carry on that lifestyle, you're going to need a lot more cash. But do you really? Are you mm. going to be going and spending that cash in the same way now? If you are on a tighter budget, you might rein it in and you know be far, far better off for it. Definitely. So I am a big fan or a big believer in if you're starting something new, it's all about quick wins. You know, you need you need kind of those quick wins to get that bit of motivation, whether that's a new a new health kick or a new sport or whatever. So if you know, hopefully if they're listening to either my content, your content, they're not new to this stuff. But let's say somebody's check tuning into this podcast for the first time, they're introduced to you. What at the moment, what do you think are, are some really good quick wins that somebody who maybe they're struggling financially and they decided it's time for me to get my shit together? What would be kind of your first tips to say, okay, these are the first few things you need to have a look at? Yeah, so if you are in a position where you've done nothing at all and you're struggling, um, I mean, if you're really struggling, really, really, really struggling, the debts are just mounting up and mounting up, that the number one tip there is to get some free debt advice from an independent organisation such as National Debt Line or Step Change or Citizens Advice because they won't charge you for it um, and they will help you try and get your way out of it. If it's the next level and things are just a bit of a mess, you're not quite sure where the money's going and you don't understand if you're earning a decent amount why you haven't got any spare, then it's one of those things we talked before about sometimes people switch off when you talk about budgets. People often also switch off when it comes to bills. And I think they shouldn't because it's really, really, really simple. If you were to go and change all your bills, you could do it in a couple of hours, probably, as long as you've got all the information with you and you're not in contract with any, so you can move them all. Move your broadband, move your energy, move your mobile phone, and you are looking at hundreds of pounds that you are going to be saving every single year huge amounts of cash that's that's not insignificant you know and once you know how to do it you just need to do it again every well when the contract's finished and maybe it's in 12 months or 18 months whatever it is really 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 simple and i think people know this this is a message it's not brand new Mm. i'm not creating (laughs) some mind-blowing thing wow i've never heard that before but i think people deprioritize it i think people put it right down the bottom of of their list just because it's a bit adminy and life's busy but I'm saying, look, if you were to work out the hourly wage, 
like if you were getting paid this money, if we say say you can get five six hundred quid in a year for doing this, and it takes you two hours, not bad. I mean, where else you can earn that kind of money? You know, prioritize it, get it done, and it's just a simple job that you can repeat. And I guess from that, the next level on, the people who are already decent with that, and they want to just kind of get a bit better, they're confident with their finances, then um, cashback is my my number one passive way to just make some easy extra money because this is money you're spending anyway cashback credit cards as long as you clear that balance every single month you don't get charged interest you can make rates aren't as good as they were but you could be making you know one percent on every pound uh that you you spend and that can really add up and there were some fantastic welcome bonuses as well and then sites like quidco and top cashback again shop through them you can earn cashback anything from 1% through to 100 quid if you're switching your broadband, those kind of things. Again, it all adds up. And potentially, again, there's like another 500, 600, maybe even a grand that you can make in a year from all of those things together. Again, that's that's decent money and it's it's easy money. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm, not, on the, I'm not on the cashback train. I, I hold my hands up. I, I, you know, I, I try to get uh, points. I, like, I, I try to use, I've got an Amex. I try to use that as much as I can to get points. Am I, uh, is that a bad idea? Should be, is cashback generally better value than the, the credit card points schemes? So this is really interesting. So uh, I personally prefer cashback to your credit card or points that you can use anywhere. Mm-hmm. The issue that I have with airline points, although Avigos ones now you can, if you want to, you can convert them to Nectar. So they have got a, a, a much more kind of a, an easy redemption if you need to. But you know, let's just take what's happened in the last 18 months. You've got all these points, although they've extended the redemption on them and used them on flights. Well, that's a bit of annoying. It's a bit waste, isn't it? <laughs> you get these vouchers that you maybe give, which can be fantastic. You know, look, yes, you can get a partner to come with you if you have specific, you know, credit cards. Although a lot of that's changing actually in September, but you can go. That's fantastic. So you only have to earn a certain number of points, and then you can get a free ticket. But then you're in a position, well, yeah, but it has to be this particular class of flight. It has to be on this particular route. It has to be at this particular time. Oh, and don't forget, you've got to pay your taxes on top of that. And to get to the level where you do get perhaps a, a business class, you know, free business class seat, you've got to spend a huge amount on those cards to get there. So for most people, I broadly think the best thing to do is to get the card which will give you the best return on your everyday spending. Because if you still want to buy those flights, you've then got a choice to go to a different airline or a different class or a, off diff- a weird time or maybe stop over on over here because that, you know, change airlines because that saves your uh you know how much it's going to cost the only people i think where well, not the only people but the people where i think it they can be quite useful are the people who maybe have got um business accounts and corporate spends mm-hmm. or they're always traveling for work so they're always claiming this money back so it's not actually their money they're spending and they're spending a lot of money as a result then it's easier to, to earn those points which will you know potentially get you the snazzy flight uh, or the upgrade or the you know, the, the two for one ticket. But that, that's where I am on that. Some people will disagree with me. And there are some very successful people out there who are 100% all about going for the um, the air miles. I think, you know, give yourself the choice of how you spend it. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be going on to be clever with your cash this evening and uh, and checking out what the best option is for cashback cars this evening <laughs> there. So, you know, be clever with your cash. It is, it is going from strength to strength. Like you say, you've been doing this for, for a long time. Is there anything in particular on the horizon that you're you're really excited about that you're going to be doing? Um, I, I, do you know what? I mean, it's it's the struggle's going to be, and I think this is going to be the same for like so many people listening right now, is that we're hopefully coming out of you know this period where we can't do our normal things. And as a result, as someone who is fully self-employed, 
been very lucky that the site's actually kept growing and my income actually kept growing during this time, which has been fantastic. But I also put a lot more time into it because I wasn't doing those other things. Mm. So actually, I'm, I'm looking at kind of uh, how I balance that better. And that's the, so, so important. I think if people, anyone self-employed listens to this, um, I'm sure they're feeling the, the same here. In fact, lots of people, if they've been working from home and you know, those, those time barriers have gone where you had to leave to get on the train or get in the car to go home. So it's about maintaining what I'm doing, keeping that growth going on, but at the same time, having a bit more balance uh, in my own sort of time outside it and not let it be too, too all-consuming. Yeah, I think you know it's that same point, isn't it? It's, you could work 150 hours a week, it would get you more money, but it wouldn't give you much time to live your life, would it? So I think, I think you're dead, right? It's, just, it's, been, it's been too easy to just have one quick last check of the emails at, at 9 p.m. at night before you, you know, go to bed or whatever. So I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting, really interesting to hear you say that. I think it's a really good message. So look, um, I've really appreciated having you on, Andy. I think it's been uh, fantastic to get an idea of the kind of stuff you're doing. Um, like I said, like we've sort of talked throughout this, you know, I think Andy's real, uh, real strength is in, in that detail and the real practical steps you can take to, to see some pounds and pence back in your account or, or saving those pounds and pence. So, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, um, and you think that there, there's, you, you've learned all you can learn about investments and pensions and stuff, and you're looking for other areas to up your finance game, definitely check out Andy's content. Andy, we've talked a little bit about it, but, um, why don't you just give us a really brief rundown of where people can find all of your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's been a pleasure to, to join you on the show. It's been a really, really interesting chat. Uh, so if people, if you're podcast fans and you want to sort of check out another show after this, then it's called Cash Chats. So just uh, search for that and it will pop up. I've been doing that for about four and a half years now. So there's about 200 and 20 odd episodes so plenty to sink your teeth into the blog is called becleverwithyourcash.com and that will take you to everything else as well so that from there you'll be able to get to the youtube the instagram the twitter whatever is, is best for you although uh, we talked about the tiktok earlier yeah don't, don't worry about that just yet <laughs> i'll let you know when if i actually do more put more effort into it brilliant thanks very much annie appreciate your time no, cheers mate thank you 